When we look at trends for the upcoming year, there are two main words that we focus on. They are autonomy and collaboration. Today on For the Record, Chris Ford, CMO of Zero and co-founder of the Legal Tech Hub, a recently launched global legal tech directory and resource for the legal industry. Previously, Chris held several marketing leadership positions, including a stint with Axiom. He recently joined Zero as its first chief marketing officer and joins us today to tell us about the Legal Tech Hub as well as what he's been up to in his new role. This is Aaron Harrison, and you're listening to For the Record, where we go on the record with leading influencers and experts to discuss the latest trends in legal innovation and the business of law. So, Chris, welcome to For the Record. Aaron, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So happy to have you. Before we get into questions, how have you been doing during these very interesting times that we're living in? Yes. Well, that's a, that's a question that we start so many conversations with, isn't it? Um, my wife and I uh, are living in Brooklyn. Uh, we're here in Park Slope, and we have two kids who are school age, and that has been uh, one of the big challenges for us. Not only the fact that both of us are working full-time from home, but being able to juggle the constantly changing school directives uh, and making sure that they are taken care of, and when they do go to school, that they are uh, well looked after and all the logistics are handled. But, you know, all in all, I think we've handled it quite well. We're using technology, uh, as you can imagine, like a lot of people to, to make the most of it. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah, I, I like to think um, on a good day that this is teaching all of us a bit more resilience. On a not so good day, I don't know if I look at it that way. But let's talk about you and your wife, Nikki Shaver, who's head of innovation at an AMLAW 30 firm, recently launched the Legal Tech Hub. So why don't you tell us a bit about your background and why you and Nikki decided to launch the Legal Tech Hub? Yeah, happy to. Look, I am very much the junior partner when it comes to the intellectual property uh, surrounding Legal Tech Hub and how we started and the way we built this. Uh, my wife, Nikki, she's in innovation and knowledge management. And you know, a little bit over a year ago, we were having several discussions because I've been involved in the legal industry for a number of years myself. But as you said, I was recently with Axiom as an, as an ALSP, but I've also worked at LexisNexis in both business development and, and marketing. So we uh, occasionally have these work-related in-depth discussions. And she mentioned to me that in her role, uh, one, of, one of the things she's responsible for is to find the right legal tech tools to help run her firm uh, more efficiently and give her lawyers the, the best chance of success. And invariably, when somebody in a role like that needs to find such a tool, they either go to their network of contacts uh, within the industry, or they do things like Google searches, or they, they go to a scant range of, of, of legal tech uh, listings that are out there. And she found that there was no singular resource that, that, that combined everything she needed in in an easily searchable taxonomy that was truly global and that was, frankly, up to date. I mean, there are a few legal tech listings out there that have gone out of date or are, are very limited in their geographical scope or the, the number of functionalities that they have. And she and I decided that this is a tool that frankly, needed to be developed and needed to be built because this is something she wanted to use herself. So we decided that uh, obviously this should be built, but we 
didn't really anticipate the breadth of, of legal technology that was out there globally. I mean, we can talk more about this, but we initially were looking to launch with 500 legal tech tools, and we just added our 1,650th um, tool. And this is, we're only a month after launch. So it gives you an idea of, of the, the sort of legal tech landscape that's out there and, and why there was such a, a, a need for a, a comprehensive searchable database. That's a pretty big number. I was going to ask you how many tools you have now uh, included in the hub, and that's that's extraordinary. So I was going to ask what you know what makes it different than I think you know. There's been other folks who have aspired to do what you're doing. How big of a need were you hearing from people? What um, and what types of products are you including? What's sort of the the focus, yep. if there is one? Yeah, good question. You know, it started with just Nikki. Um, crying out for, for uh, the need for such a tool herself, but then she canvassed her her peers in the industry. And she's got quite an extensive network of innovation and knowledge professionals throughout North, not only North America, but Europe and uh, the UK and Australia, where we're from. And, you know, we, we said to these people, look, if we built this, will you come? And there was absolutely a, a, an overwhelming affirmative to, to that question with, with, our, with our contacts in the industry. And we, we also made the decision that this was going to be a database for commercial legal professionals. And what we mean is these are for professionals in law firms, uh, from you know, sole practitioners and barristers up through large law enterprise uh, sort of level, and also corporate uh, legal departments. Uh, rather than, you know, uh, access to justice and, and legal marketplaces, that we, we decided this was going to be just a, a database for tools that could be used by legal departments and legal teams to run their businesses, run their firms more efficiently. So what you won't see on Legal Tech Hub for now are things like access to justice, although we, we firmly believe in that as a philosophy and uh, we are taking measures to actually promote access to justice, there are a lot of tools out there for, in access to justice that we have not included. There's not legal marketplaces. Uh, there's not marketing technology and sales tech tools. These are just legal technology tools to help you run your uh, your legal operation better. And, and both you and Nikki have have full time jobs. And just curious, how did you manage to actually? develop this at the same time, plus during a pandemic, plus you're raising young children. Um, did you do it just the two of you or did you involve anyone else? Yes. Uh, look, when, when we initially asked ourselves the question, how come this has never been done before? We soon found out the answer. <laughs> it is a <laughs> lot of work. Um, like I said, there were, there was no easy way to build the database of all these technologies. Uh, it, you know, Google searches were very hit and miss, although there were very several disparate different uh, lists out there of different technology in different geographies. So it was a heck of a lot of legwork and a lot of after hours research. And we we realized that we couldn't do it by ourselves. So we made the decision to, to bring in some external help, first of all, with building our database. And then when it came to actually building our site and making it look good and building the functionality of our site. Uh, when you go to legaltechnologyhub.com, you will see that we have a fairly sophisticated um, search platform. Um, there's a lot of different taxonomy choices there. You can search by all different kinds of functionality, uh, geography, 
um, platform, language, even, um, you know, use cases. And so we wanted to make sure that not only did we put in the hard work to build this massive database, which we launched with over 1,500 tools, and like like I said before, we're well over 1,600 now, but we wanted to make it, you know, sortable and searchable to the to the end user. And we wanted to make it look good. And we wanted to include other functionalities in there and other things that make it a, a truly a hub for people. So next is going to be events, because right now we just have the tools on there, which is the most important, but we're going to put in legal technology events that the people will be interested in attending, either virtually or hopefully in person. We're looking at uh, courses and, and educational events to to increase people's knowledge. Uh, we're looking at, you know, several other databases and lists that will be, that will make us truly a, a, a one-stop shop for people, anyone interested in legal technology. You'll also see that we have a, a legal resources page where we have recommended reading podcasts and websites to, to enrich your, uh, your legal technology knowledge. So, you know, we are, we're constantly building it. We have big plans and there's no way we can do it just the two of us. We have a, a team of uh, three developers, we have a designer and we have the occasional other help with building our database. Certainly sounds like a lot of blood, sweat and tears and truly like a labor of love for you guys. Um, and I can attest that it's, you know, certainly very comprehensive as I've used it as a resource myself. Is there a price for it, um, and and will there be in the future? Yeah, good question. Um, one of our basic tenets of of what we're trying to do here is democratizing legal technology, and what we mean is we want to make it, we want to give any vendor, any tool, an opportunity to get in front of the right decision makers if that tool does the thing that the decision maker wants it to, and that's a long way of saying that. Uh, it will always be free to use and will will always be free to have a basic listing for uh, for legal technology vendors. Now, we are uh, monetizing it through enhanced listings, which is, uh, you know, basically you get much more uh, impact than your basic listing. And we also offer limited banner advertising and a tool of the month option. We're looking at a couple of other ways to uh, to try and generate some income, but right now it, it's certainly not a money-making venture. Um, you are absolutely right. It's a, it's a labor of love for us. We call it a passion project all the time. Uh, but this is something that, that Nikki uh, and then I believe that the, the industry genuinely needs. And we want to give the opportunity to a small vendor in a second tier country when it comes to legal technology. If their product is good enough, we want to give them an opportunity to to make a really big impact with uh, with large law or, or barristers, small law, small business, corporates, whatever. Do you see yourselves ever um, maybe testing some of the technologies that you have uh, listed in the directory yourselves or you know, branching out into something a little bit more research-based? Yes, that is something that we, that is definitely on our longer-term plan. Uh, we, we have talked a lot about whether we're going to allow reviews, peer testing, that sort of thing. And it is it is in the pipeline. Uh, we don't have the resources to manage that right now. We, we're working full-time, like you said, with our day jobs, and then we do this, uh, you know, nights and weekends. And we have committed to to making sure that this database is actually updated. Um, 
we are committing to testing to see if these tools are still viable and available um, on a on a regular basis. So one of the things we um, discovered when we were trying to build Legal Tech Hub was that um, a lot of the lists of vendors and tools that we found um, were well out of date because there's been such a high level of attrition in uh, the legal technology industry, both through vendors um, shutting up shop and also getting acquired. You'll see on the on the website that we have um, two pages, one for a graveyard, which is where we mourn our lost uh, legal technology tools that we've added and then have since uh, gone belly up. And we also have a consolidation page where we list the number of tools that have actually been acquired or merged with others. So it's constantly moving and uh, it takes a lot of resources just to keep it updated. Once we are able to and we're a bit more resourced, we will definitely look into uh, reviews and, and use cases and that sort of thing. So now talking about your day job, you are CMO of Zero, which is an AI-powered email solution for law firms, which automates time-consuming administrative tasks for lawyers, allowing them to focus on practicing law. What has this past year been like for for you guys and how has COVID impacted business? Yeah, Aaron, it's been really interesting. Um, and by interesting, I mean horrible. Look, like many vendors, I'm sure we took uh, a bit of a beating when the pandemic first started. Not because uh, the law firms, you know, went cold on our product or anything. It's because I, I genuinely believe, like everybody, the firms were scrambling to to work out how to make things work and how to keep going and keep doing business. You know, their priorities shifted, uh, especially in the in the IT departments, the, the knowledge and innovation uh, departments to actually, okay, we need to change the way we do business. It's going to be all remote now and let's focus on building, you know, workflows to make sure we stay efficient. So products like uh, like ours and, and many other legal tech tools, I'm sure, got uh, put on the back burner. But what we're experiencing more recently in the, in the last uh, sort of couple of months is a, is a surging interest again in our tool uh, because we happen to be one of the tools that provide a level of autonomy and efficiency uh, for lawyers. We are a bottom line addition uh, tool rather than a, a cost center sort of uh, uh, solution. So we are generating a lot more interest these days because I think the law firms have settled into a, a bit more of a groove as to how they're going to be operating and how they're moving forward. So they're able to look at getting back to trying to drive operational efficiency. And that's where we come in. And what's uh, what's on the, the 2021 roadmap for Zero? We are focusing a lot on uh, enhancing our product offering. Uh, we are looking at broadening our scope to, to be a, a little bit more in inclusive with the industry verticals. We are driving a lot of really exciting partnerships with other large organizations where, you know, we can be an, sort of an, an add-on or uh, a, a complementary tool to, to existing platforms. So, you know, without getting ahead of uh, specific uh, announcements, there's, there's actually going to be quite a, quite a bit of exciting stuff uh, for, uh, for Zero in, in 2021, not just from a business development standpoint, but also from a, a product development standpoint. That's great. And yeah, actually, I saw, I think, a couple of different pieces of news. Uh, you joined the TR Marketplace beta program. Yep. And then I think there was also an announcement that you guys have partnered with a Portuguese 
firm? Yeah, it's a firm called Rooks, R-O-O-X, which is uh, the, the biggest name in legal technology consulting uh, in Portugal. They work with all 10 of the top 10 largest law firms there and a number of, you know, 18 out of the top 20 or something, and most of the large corporate legal departments. So we are partnering with them um, to be a, uh, uh, an offering with, in their product suite. And we are looking at uh, further afield to, to similar sort of partnerships globally as well in the, in the upcoming months. What are, what are some of the trends that you've been seeing among law firms, I guess, from like a KM perspective? And how do you see that evolving as we move into a new year? Yeah, uh, one thing we uh, we have as as builders of legal tech hub is the is a, a real appreciation of how globally the market is developing and growing. We are able to to see from a, a global standpoint where the real hubs of of innovation are, and we frankly also see where there are our opportunities or even gaps in the in the in the market from both a functionality standpoint and geographically for example we know that the nordics are a, a hive of activity when it comes to legal innovation uh, brazil is it was a surprisingly active uh, legal tech market for us but you know there are other other places uh, in asia um, argentina for example where we we uh, we ask each other why is there you know so little uh, legal technology uh, vendors from, uh, from a commercial standpoint out, out of these sort of markets. But when we look at trends for, for the upcoming year, there are, there are two, main, two main words that, um, that we focus on. Uh, they are autonomy and collaboration. Now, autonomy um, is uh, it's all about how in a remote work environment, the, the traditional legal workspace is no longer there you you know legal practitioners mm -hmm. don't have the legal support literally uh, you know in the next office or in the down the corridor and they they are at home alone or you know in their home office alone and need to be need to have a, a high degree of autonomy and that's why no code and low code tools like expert systems which is one of our functionalities um, are growing and becoming a lot more popular. There's a, a, a tool called Brighter, which is a German tool in expert systems that's of particular interest to a lot of lawyers. Um, we have, you know, anything that makes the uh, makes the legal practitioner uh, more autonomous is is uh, is exploding right now. And the other one, naturally, is collaboration. Um, we all know uh, what it's like to wrestle with Zoom calls and Skype and. Microsoft Teams and, and those sort of thing calls. And, you know, if you had a drinking game where the words you're on mute, I, I said, uh, it would be a, it'd be a wildly popular <laughs> game, I would imagine. But, uh, you know, beyond just video conferencing tools, you've got uh, things like remote depositions and, uh, you know, legal mechanisms and actions that can be done remotely. And there are tools being built uh, around uh, making sure that the functionality is there, but also critically, the security and compliance are there around around remote legal actions, and that's why it's not just you know a, a Zoom call for a remote deposition. There are specific tailored uh, legal tech tools around that that sort of remote collaboration. Yeah, that made me think of something else I wanted to ask you. You know, legal's been notorious for slow adoption of technology, and everyone's been talking about you know, COVID being this great accelerator for tech adoption. 
Just curious what your thoughts are there. Are you seeing more firms open to adopting technology, especially if it's, you know, helps them within their workflow? Great question. And, and absolutely, yes. You know, um, at the start of the pandemic, I said to, to my wife, who's in innovation and, and knowledge management, you know, do you think you'll be busier? And she said, I actually think so because we're going to have to innovate. We're, we're going to have to work hard to make sure that our team, our broader team, of, you know, many, many lawyers in, in her large firm um, have the right tools that they need to be able to execute their their jobs and, and have the right knowledge to execute their jobs. And that was borne out. Um, she's been just as busy, if not more busy during this pandemic because they are constantly trying to make sure that there's enough technology and innovation happening to be able to overcome obstacles like not having all that support down the hall and not being able to, you know, e execute a matter in in the, the same old traditional way. When we, I talked about that level of autonomy and that ties directly into being able to have the, the right legal technology to, to afford that level of autonomy. And you have to not only give them the tools, but you have to teach them those tools and then you have to drive adoption of those tools, which, you know, as, as someone who works in, in legal technology is a, a massive challenge for us. It's not enough just to, to sell our technology into a firm. It's not enough to, to train users on that technology. We also have to drive adoption. And uh, that's something that uh, real innovators in, in law firms have to maintain a focus on as well. Those are some really interesting points, Chris. Any Anything else you'd like to talk about, uh, either predictions or otherwise? Yeah, well, as far as Legal Tech, tech Hub, again, legaltechnologyhub.com, uh, all are welcome. Um, one thing I do want to mention that ties into my earlier point about democratizing legal tech is that um, we are determined to, to really give back to the industry and to access to justice. So... Uh, we offer enhanced listings uh, at, at, a, at a price for uh, for our vendors and our tools. But uh, there's a piece of every one of those enhanced listings that get given to a uh, a cause that is directly related to access to justice. Our first one is the uh, Law Without Walls, uh, which are giving an opportunity for uh, students to come together and, and work on uh, innovative projects and drive education for uh, for legal students. And we're looking at expanding our list of, of causes uh, as, as we grow as well. Well, I certainly wish you guys lots of luck with it. And congratulations, Chris, again, on both your role with, with Zero and to you and Nikki on launching the Legal Tech Hub. And I uh, hope you guys and your family all stay healthy in the new year. And same to yours, Aaron. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for the, uh, for the platform and for the time. Likewise. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening to this episode of For the Record. You can listen to more episodes of For the Record wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or go to platform.com forward slash for the record. Platform helps established leaders and emerging growth companies articulate how cutting edge technologies and services are reshaping and reinventing the world we live in. Until next time, I'm Aaron Harrison.